This is the Leftovers Podcast with Derek Kramer. I'm going to say a stupid thing right now. Pudding. Where's my money? Frank R. Curry. I didn't say run through a wall. Do it again? Okay. And Kyle Powell. The Sabres were actually a playoff spot for the entire year. On WGR550.com. Welcome into another episode of Leftovers Podcast. Derek Kramer. Frank R. Curry. And Kyle Powell. And it's the day after the draft. Thank you for listening. Wait, what? No, it's the week at, It's the week after the draft. It's the Monday after the draft. Thank you for listening on WGR550.com as I get off to a rousing start. Yes. Well, it can only get better. I guess you're it, right. It can only go up. Yeah. I mean, uh, it could stay down for a bit and then go up eventually, but it could linger for a little bit. Who knows? Anyway. No, I'm not butthurt that the Sabres didn't make any player trades over the draft weekend. Sabres end up with, well, I would suspect to be a halfway decent class, a solid group, and uh, other than that, I don't know much else with the uh, with the Sabres draft class there. I think that, let's be real, if I really knew anything more about it, I would say something, but, I mean, come on. Prospects generally tend to be a nice little shot in the dark after the first round anyway with the statistics, so... We'll see what happens there. But the pick at seven ends up being Dylan Cousins, though Cole Caulfield was on the board, and a lot of Sabres fans, myself included, did fall in love with Cole Caulfield. I don't think that the Sabres necessarily did the wrong thing, taking a center at seven overall. No. Um, but I think, to but to me, like, Cole Caulfield, I think, is a top was a top five talent in this draft, and a lot of people say Cousins is as well. Exactly. I don't really it, think this is so. A- it's not so. Like I, say, I, I mean, we talked with Brayton last Thursday. I said I really like Cousins over Zegras. He liked Zegras over Cousins. They ended up going Cousins. Like, I get it. Um, but if Cole Caulfield's there, take you take him. I thought he was the better talent. They needed a wing. They needed to add another winger who could score. Yes, it wasn't gonna. He wasn't gonna be on the team right away, but those Cole Caulfield's a talent who he always finds a way to put the puck in the net, and you saw that in his tape in his time with the U.S. National Development Team. I mean, he scored like 126 goals in like two years for a reason. You know, the dude just knows how to score goals. I think a lot of, I think the worry with a lot of people is, I mean, the first one is very obvious. It's his size. He's 5'7". I do think that teams were a little idiotic if they, if they think that Cole Caulfield's too small. Oh, and it's absolutely idiotic. It's absolutely idiotic. I'm saying is the other, there's another reason that I think had a lot of people skeptical too. Maybe not skeptical, but worried. And he played with Jack Hughes. So I think there's the product. Oh. There's the there's the pro, the thing of maybe he was just a product of Hughes. You see, that is more of a legitimate. I think concern that's than more of a legitimate. Con- yeah, but you know that his size is is a talk is what's gonna get talked about too. But at the same time, you see Cole Caulfield, you can see that the guy's got a nice shot of his own. He's got a quick release. The, it's a fantastic talent. Kid can play he's, like he's got a fantastic he, shot. That's why I say like he was a top five talent in this draft, and he went fifteenth. 
And that's an indictment on a lot of NHL GMs, but I don't think Buffalo is necessarily one of them because if you look at something about the Sabres, though, what's their prospect depth been about? The prospects in the organization primarily right now are wingers. Outside of Rasmus Asplund and, what, maybe Andrew Ogilvy, do they have centers in the system? Uh, the only other one I can – I mean, if we're talking guys in Rochester. Sean Malone wasn't Sean even Malone's tendered. The, uh, Sean Malone. But he wasn't tendered. So they might at be walking report- away. At least reportedly. But even still, yeah. And then there's Mataj Picard. Picard I've seen as more of a winger. We'll see. He's listed at center right now, but he played primarily center at Barry when he in the OHL. So we'll see. We'll see what they do with that. Plus, that shoulder Picard, injury though, didn't help. Matei Picard, though, I don't see more than a third line pain in the ass. Come on, sure. Uh, but it, it's he's fa- already it playing to, into it. But it it is fair to say that. Oh, and Marcus Davidson, I mean, he's a center. Um, it is fair to say that yeah, they didn't have that like top center prospect, and that's a reason for going. Dylan Cousins over Cole Coffin. that and I think that is completely that's completely fair to say. I think I just look at I, I think I just look at more of I think Cole Caulfield is the better player overall. And I can respect over Dylan you for that. Cousins, and I think they should have went with him. And you walk you you know you run up to the podium to take him, and then you leave you leave and never look back. I will say this though, I I think that the Sabers still got themselves a damn good. They prospects. did. Oh, they did. So it's really. I can almost see this as a can't-lose sort of thing. You had him as a top-five player, so, yeah, I could see why you're a little, like, eh. But that's also all you are is, eh. Yeah, I'm not, like, over, like I, they didn't You're reach, not butthurt. They didn't reach for a pick. You're not butthurt. No. You're just like, hmm. Uh, I think they could have done better. You think they could have just sat and took the guy that you wanted. That was that really a lot good. of people wanted. That was that, really good. Yeah, I think is that I think it, a lot of people shouldn't have overlooked. I I, just, I'll say this: I think if Caulfield was around the size Turcotte is, he would have went top five. I suspect that the Sabers were trying to trade up for Turcotte. I think they so. wanted centers. I think so. I think I think they they did they were trying to trade up for. Fotchul said it himself that they were trying to move from seven. Yeah. So. Again, I think this team was targeting – they had their they, targets. They were targeting a center to begin with. They were targeting a center to begin with, and they went after two guys that they really wanted. They yeah. ended up with Cousins. Yeah. So – And a lot of people still say Cousins fell to them. Exactly. Which like, – they, That might be true. That probably is true with Chicago taking Kirby Doc. Um, it, It's – I mean, you look at – what Alex DeBrinkett's done since go, you know, since being up in Chicago, Chicago, not you know, they were not good this year, and he scored forty goals for them, playing a second line role, but he still scored forty goals. You look at what John, what Johnny Gaudreau has been since joining the Flames. You look at, you look at the career of Marty Saint Louis. You know, even a guy like Tyler Ennis. Ennis was looked at as too as he was too small to make it in the league, and before before the concussions got to him, he was having a nice career. He was uh, almost almost good for twenty goals a year. So, and then you got a, a talent like Caulfield coming in, who 
scored 70, 72 goals for the U.S. National Development Program. He set the goal. He set the goal record. His time there, and he, I like I said, I I think he's a special talent, and it's it would it's it's really hard to pass on a guy like that. I will and even say. though they went with even though they went with a good pick in Cousins, it shows it shows it does show how top heavy the draft was this year too. But it's so hard, even even though you're going between center and ring, and I value the center more. A, oh, it, if a winger like that comes along every now and then, you have to take him. You should be taking him. Look at next year. A winger is probably going to go first overall next year. And that's how, that's how Alexis Lafreniere. Well, it wasn't just Buffalo that overlooked Caulfield, too. He oh, I know. eight more spots after that. So why do you think he got to 15 then? Oh, I know. Well, that's the thing. That, well, that's the thing. That's a, that's For me, I've a got that it. simple answer. NHL GMs are part of the old boys club and they think, ah, oh, short guy can't play hockey and be a first round pick. Ah. I think that's got part of it. I think it's the same reason like with the Sabres. I mean, a lot of centers went, a lot of defensemen went before Caulfield did. Those two positions are valued more. I saw it a lot. I, I equated it a lot to what we saw in April. I'm too. sorry, you what? Equated it. You equated it? Equated? You, did you just say you equated? I equated it. Oh. I just said it very quickly. Okay. No, I I equated this draft a lot to what we saw happen to the Bills in April. Yes, with at Oliver. Quite honestly, it was the same thing. You let the draft board fall the way it does, and you're going to get a promising talent and there no were also what. And there were also whispers of them trying to trade up. Exactly. Yeah. But then and, you the see bo- the, and the board still played to their ways. you see decisions made by, by teams above you, and you find out you don't really even have to do that. <clears throat> Daniel After. Jones. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I I tried to go away from the mic clear. I thought you just straight up did it. <laughs> Here I am trying to be all careful, and you just. <clears throat> but I mean, but I mean to go off your point too. I mean, after Kako went, there was one winger that was taken, and that was uh, that was a uh, Podkolzin to Vancouver at ten. Oh, and they absolutely butchered his name too. Yeah. <laughs> there was that. There was him, and then and then for Florida, the home crowd, Florida no took less. the goalie. Exactly. Florida took Knight, spent the goalie Spencer Knight, at thirteen. After besides those two, it was all centers and defensemen. Definitely evil, but I think a necessary evil if you're Florida. Yes, don't you think at some point you got to take a chance? You got to eventually move on from uh, Longo. He's falling off the Luongo. cliff. With Could play. be on LTIR. There's a decision coming. Yeah, and James then Reimer has not been cutting it for any team since about 2013. Yeah, but if they're my my. My I'd thing, even say though, with the Leafs, he was far better than what he's been for Florida. Absolutely. But now, now I think now the question for Florida is: Are they signing Bobrovsky? Because if you're signing Bobrovsky, then why'd you take the goalie in the first round? Then you're trying not to sign Bobrovsky to a long-term deal. You're trying not to, but I don't know if that'll happen. He's one. Of, he's one of the top free agents. He's going to get a seven-year deal. If you're a top five free agent, you're getting the, the max. question is going to be who's dumb enough to do that, and we'll talk some free agency in a little bit. Yeah, but then here's my big thing. That is a good point because imagine Bobrovsky comes in for seven years, and you have the same situation that happened in Columbus, where Corpusalo, Jonas Corpusalo, wasn't able to thrive with a guy yeah. like Bobrovsky, a Vezina candidate. For I mean, good good reason to not be able to thrive and start your career as a pro, as a prospect. It'd be interesting nice to see if that is, happened to Spencer nice Knight too was, with the. 
rumors the, of Florida. The nice thing with Spencer Knight is he's going to college, so True. there's plenty of time. But still, seven years. But seven still, years. like it's still seven years. Like, like, like it's likely that Knight will spend at minimum probably two years in college, and then who know? And then who knows where he's at two years from now? But even still, like you're taking a, if you're signing if they're signing Bobrovsky seven years, that's a huge gamble, especially with the goalie prospect you just drafted. So now here was the other thing for me. People were bitching about the other first-round draft pick and Ryan Johnson. Can I just say, calm the hell down? I mean, it's no different than when they took Samuelson last year after ta- after you get Darlene first overall. Um, I mean, preferably I would have liked to have seen them once again go winger. They – with um, – uh, who's the guy? I think a lot of the consensus Kaliev. is hoping that. Kali- with Kaliev and Raphael Lavoie there. I think a big consensus of the fan base, too, is hoping for a trade for a player. That oh, was yeah. I yeah. know oh, that yeah. Oh, absolutely. So that's also why you get some flack. But then again, I mean, besides uh, who is it, Arizona trading up. There was, that was the only trade. That was the only trade. That was gross. That's right. There were no and trades. that was be, but that was the NHL's fault because the salary. Oh cap yeah, hey, set. we haven't. We're gonna announce the, the salary way. cap after the draft. I bet if the salary cap was set before Clown the draft, show. there would have been more trades. Clown show. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, preferably, I mean, Ryan Johnson. It's like, okay, you know what? That's that's fine. I'm I look at it, it sounds fine. Preferably, I I would have wanted a winger, you know, Lavoie or uh, Kaliev. I mean, I can get kind of, I can kind of get passing on Kaliev. There is questions about his work ethic, but the dude scored 50 goals last year in the OHL. Like, it's hard to pass up a guy like that, too. It is like, hard. Same to, thing as Caulfield. It is hard, it's hard to, to pass, pass up, up those kind of guys who could score. It is hard to pass that up, but at the same time, people don't get so butt hurt about the 31st overall pick. Come on. First off, the first off, the thing you got to really be banking on is. Hit on the damn pick. Yeah. First things first. I don't care who you draft. Make sure it's the right player. Yeah. Make sure that they pan out. Other players can pan out in this situation, too. Just make sure your guy pans out. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. I mean, they could have went Bobby Brink, too. They could have went Bobby Brink. There's a lot of options there, and I think that's the thing is that there was a lot of options. Yeah. And the Sabres decided on the defenseman in Ryan Johnson, and I'm okay with this. You want to try to at stock least, up the uh, decor prospects? Do yeah. it. Yeah, at least it was, he was the only defenseman they took. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, Sabres Twitter was a little annoying to me over the weekend. Yeah. I mean, I was like... There was there was even a, uh, a co-worker of ours that uh, I got a little annoyed with. That trades were happening right at the start of the second day, and... People are like, do something, Bottrell. Well, first off, if the return that the Predators got on P.K. Subban was what you got for Rasmus Ristolainen, I'm ripping apart the general manager right now. Yeah. Plus, like, the Subban trade was solely a cap dump. I know. What I'm saying, though, is that if that's the return, don't trade Ristolainen. If that's the market, don't trade Ristolainen. 
actually, you could look at it, all three of those, JT Miller less, but all three of those were with the purpose of clearing up salary. Patrick Marlowe, we're, whew, we'll talk about that in a second. Then there's P.K. Subban, who I was a little surprised they traded. But then the Devils went ahead and part of that trade was, we'll take the entire salary. There's no retention needed. Reports were that they were going to hold $3 million in a trade if it meant getting some salary off the books. Yeah. And then the other one was J.T. Miller, where, oh, man, we got bad Jim Benning. He's back. Bad Jim Benning for that one, yeah. What a pay for that. Oof. First round pick. You're risking something in two years there at minimum. Potentially. Because if they make the playoffs this coming season, they then they make the playoffs goes, this year, then Tampa gets the pick, and it's like, okay, it doesn't matter. Yes, but if they don't make the playoffs and they stay Tampa bad. Gets, Tampa gets the pick in 2021, and it's unprotected. If they if stay bad for two years, bad, or if they go up down, that could hurt. Yeah. That could really hurt. And JT Miller's uh, he's good. He's fine. but He's not worth the first-round pick. I wouldn't have said a first-round pick, no. Like that's why like I was really weary on him in even a Ristolainen trade. Yeah. Well, again, in, ter- in in terms of like like when we were talking about if we could trade Risto to Tampa and you get Callahan and his contract and notice and how I said nothing about first round picks being involved and yeah and and then what's the sweet Callahan was supposed to be the sweetener. J T Miller, no Callahan's not sweetener. You the sweetener for, for Tampa was yeah, but J T Miller being that sweetener. To take Callahan, and even though, and then, and you also trade Russline or even something less. It's like ah, I don't want, I don't want JT Miller. I'd rather have Tyler Johnson. That was me. That was me. You know that. Yeah. Or even Pollock. Do you think Nashville getting PK Subban off their books was also a move to potentially get in the mix for Matt Duchesne? Yes, absolutely. Oh, it was. Oh, it was. You don't trade PK Subban for beans for no reason. To free up the cap is what they had that purpose in mind for. Because P.K. Subban may have had a down year last year, but he's still an all-star defenseman. And he is now New Jersey's best defenseman. Who can do anything in any situation, necessary and possible, for the Devils. And he was that guy for Montreal. He was that guy for Nashville, even though they had a loaded defensive core. They knew that they had a strength that they could trade off, salary that needed to be dumped, and they still have defensive prospects that they can go ahead and insert into their organization now in lieu of Subban. They saw this as an opportunity to shed some salary so that they can go ahead and do something about the freaking offense that is putrid at best, outside of what, Philip Forsberg and Ryan Johansson and Victor Arvidsson? That's it. They're they're a one-line offensive team. They need some extra help, and they are finding a way to do it. Plus, then now, plus next year they have to re-sign Roman Yossi. Yes, so there's there's some priorities there that they needed to shed some salary, and there was that. It wasn't Toronto paying a first round pick to get money off the books. Oh, ho, ho, ho. wow! Good on the Hurricanes. I was going to say kudos to Carolina for not taking yeah. it easy. Yeah, they did not take it easy on this one. If they were going to help Toronto and nobody's feeling bad for them right now, if they were going to help them, it was going to cost something. And it turns out a first-round pick is the 
calling card for them. They bought a first-round pick. They bought a first-round pick. It was like when Houston bought a second-round pick to take Brock Osweiler. Oh, my God. Yeah. I have to remember Brock Osweiler. But it's the same thing. I have to remember Osweiler the Texan. Yeah. That was a thing that actually happened. The second time around. No, that was the Bronco the second time around. Oh, that was Bronco. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. He's a Bronco the second time around. Wait. He was halfway decent with the Broncos. Then he got that big old deal from the Texans, which they immediately regretted and traded him to Cleveland, paying up a yep, pick to do so. Pick, yeah. And right, then right. Cleveland cut him in camp, and he signed with Denver to be a backup. Yeah. That's the journey of Brock Osweiler, who couldn't hit the broadside of a barn in a Texans uniform. And you looked at him in Denver and go, what happened here? Why are you this trash? Were you actually this bad? Do we not ever know? It's the altitude. He beat the New England Patriots in a game once. Like, what what happened there, buddy? Well, C.J. Anderson did. Yes, but he still didn't throw picks that he threw in Houston. Here's the ball. (sighs) Yeah, he didn't do that. He had that, uh, you know, because he had that defense. Still, that defense though. Yeah, that's that true. was that year. That was that year, but still. Yeah, no, but it's the same. But it's the same concept. Cleveland bought a second round pick to take on a bad contract. And yes. Now Carolina's doing that too. Yes, and the Hurricanes have the space to do it. They might just. They might buy them out. They they're going to try to convince them. Like, I hey, yeah, we're a bunch of jerks. Convince. We're actually good at hockey, yeah. and uh, we were in the Eastern Conference Final last year, and we won a round. They won two rounds. Two rounds. That's right. Yeah, and. They can go ahead and say, hey, we're a threat. If you stay around, you're scoring depth for a team that's a threat. Yeah. That's that's the pitch I'm going with is like, hey, we'll I, see we know you're maligned with your cup chase, you know, with San Jose, with Toronto. You haven't even gotten out of the first round. Come hang with us. We've got a shot. Yeah. Our and goaltending is no longer hot garbage. It's going to be drastically different now, again. Again, but... It's not it's Cam expected, Ward. Well, now, yeah, it's not Cam Ward. So not hot garbage. Yeah. It's expected uh, Mrazek and McElhaney are both going to hit UFA, so they need to sign goalie. Yeah. Bobrovsky. <laughs> oh. Might, may, may happen. Wait. Carolina, hang on. Get him out of the Metro. Hang on. Get out. Go west, young man. They have $21 million. Yeah. They could do it. And they're not really tied up with a lot of contracts. Speaking of West, Pesci, got... Slavin, Teravainen. There's and also Stahl. the talks of uh, Justin Falk might getting moved. Sebastian Ajo's got to get a deal, but he might get offer sheeted if we if we do get an offer sheet. Dude, they've got twenty one million dollars. They're gonna match whatever happens. But the, the teams are... you attack on the offer sheet are the ones tight to the cap. Not Carolina. There, there was a. I think I did read though that I think the Car- I think Wouldn't Carolina. Be- I think no. I think there was a rumor. I think that Carolina offered Aho like eight years, six million a year, and he turned it down. Hang on. What? What if Carolina offer sheets Marner? Marner. You get the first round pick from Toronto. You give him a bunch back, and you take Marner away. Gross. That would be a great way to convince Patty to stay. Yeah. Hey, yeah. we're gonna bring your son back. <laughs> we found Nemo. We, we, here, we'll get we'll get you one of your sons. <laughs> we'll bring one of your sons with you, okay? Yeah. And we'll pay a bunch of picks. You're gonna be retired by the time we have draft pick problems, and uh, everything's great. Yeah, we'll see if uh, 
That would be hilarious. Oh my god, that'd be the the ultimate kind of betrayal. Hey, can the you take this money of off of our? Job. Can you take this money off of our hands to uh, to be able to re-sign Mitch Marner? We'll give you a first round pick. Okay, signs Mitch Marner. What did you do that for? <laughs> that would be a move for a bunch of jerks. Yeah. Oh, that would be really fun. But now we got to talk about something. Would it be enough? If they do that, would that be enough to actually like the team again? Just you know, would you then like Carolina? I will give you a very soft maybe on that. (laughs) I can't guarantee anything. Besides, I think the only one that I'm truly salty with at this point is Cam Ward. He's not there anymore. Rain Man shows up his rookie year, wins a Stanley Cup, and is garbage for the rest of his career. He's not there. Go to hell, Cam yeah. Ward. Well, he's not there anymore. True, but still, my sentiment remains. But let's talk a little bit more with this Mitch Marner thing. Because, I mean, and these offer sheets. One RFA target signed a very team-friendly deal in William Carlson. Yes, I'm glad you brought that up. I was trying to allude to that. Did they make it official? There was rumors, at least by yesterday, from LeBron. I was wondering if you guys had seen anything today. It, has, it hasn't been made official, but, yeah, I, they, he's expected to sign an eight-year deal, and it's supposed to be, like, less than six. Yeah. Kid loves Vegas. I mean, I, I don't know exactly how much less than six it is. It could be just 5.9. It could be 5.7. It could be 5.5. Even if it's just six. Yeah, it could. I don't know. It it's expected to be less than six, so it's not going to be like it could be five point nine five. After all, we know it could be five point nine 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 nine. Yeah. Are we done? I'm. There's a lot of options. Are we done? But the fact that Vegas is going to get William Carlson back for eight years and it's under six million is a huge win, especially for a team that's in the red right now. They, obviously, obviously, they have to send money, more so now, money now, but... So now, you bet every Toronto fan saying, Hey, look at William Carlson. He signed a team-friendly deal. Why don't you do the same thing? Because Mitch Marner is not William Carlson. That is why. Yeah. Carlson... Not on the same level as William Carlson. Carlson no, showed that he's actually good. Well, two teams didn't find that out. I think the problem... I think... But... Rip. Well... The problem is... Mitch Marner drives offense. The The problem is that with this whole, like, players take less money is there's there's a lot of Leafs people, and this is in the media, this is in the fan base, who expect it to happen. Right. It's that there's an, it's a, it's an expectation for him because he's from Toronto. He's playing for his hometown team. So take the hometown discount. And do your team a favor. He doesn't have to. He doesn't owe them anything. He wants to get paid. You then let him get paid. William Car. If William Carlson wants to take less money to stay with Vegas so that they can, they can remain competitive for the next few years. That's his decision. Yeah, it's a very unique decision. Yeah, I mean, he he didn't have to. He was he was he was scheduled to have arbitration this year. And if he would have went to that, he probably would have gotten a one-year deal that would have brought him to UFA next year. 
just like how Mark Stone did that last year. But no, he decided I want to stay with the I want to stay here. I love it in Vegas. I want I want this team. I want to keep winning. So I'll take less money for that. And if it takes and if it means getting, but he did. But he did get something that he wanted, and that was the eight year deal. Vegas didn't want to do that, but they did it because he said he would take less money to do it. So there you go. Mitch Marner doesn't have to do the same thing that Car- William Carlson did. He can Mitch Marner can do whatever Mitch Marner wants to do, and obviously the advice that his agent gives him too. But even still, at the end of the day, it's his decision. If he doesn't want to take less money, he's not going to do it. And I think the expectation that he should is just outright BS. Yeah. It's just, uh, again, it's a very unique situation. And like you said, it's the fact that some of those fans in Toronto and media members are like, you should want to do this because we're Toronto and you're from Toronto. Yeah, it's... it's... Yeah, I think that there's... There's a lot to take into that, but the big thing for me is Toronto made its first legitimate move to try to make sure it happens. Yeah. There's other blocks that need to fall for the Leafs, but... They still need to move Zaitsev. They're still trying right now actively to make sure that they get Mitch Marner. Yeah. But the down, but, but the upside for them is if they don't have Mitch Marner, they have four first-round picks coming. And that's if and that's if it's an offer sheet. They could still they could trade him. They could trade Marner, you're saying? Yeah. Oh yeah, they could still trade him, obviously. Oh yeah, but I mean if you already know you're getting four first round picks if someone signs into an offer sheet, what the hell are you asking for in a trade? Right? Help now. Help now versus draft picks. But what I'm Seven saying is down the road. But what I'm yeah. saying is what caliber of help now are you looking for? You're getting four first-round picks. Whatever you want. Gee, that is gold for a general manager. Dep- it, it, dep- it depends. That There's, is trading gold. I'm saying is that it doesn't just have to be the offer sheet. They could trade him. Oh, I know. What I'm saying, though, is I can, I can only imagine how astronomical plus, plus the ask the, is. Plus, remember, Marner has to sign the offer sheet. He could get offered a contract from another team, but he doesn't have to take it. Oh, I know. But if he's meeting with a bunch of teams... Someone's going to show him something that he likes. Oh, yeah. But you know what I like? What do you like? I like that you convinced me to help spearhead the charge on something, Frank. Yeah? For the Sabres. Joe Pavelski. I've become a big proponent for let's sign Joe Pavelski to a two- or three-year deal and pay let's, $8 million a season Let's to try to it. get him. Let's try to get him is exactly what it is. and Get get, get Pabs to Buffalo. Yes. So what happens? Pierre Lebrun mentioning something. Speaking with star UFA Joe Pavelski, who already has team visits scheduled this week. There are a couple teams that make sense, and – there are a couple teams that still don't have a visit officially scheduled. Buffalo is reportedly, according to LeBron, one of those teams trying to get in the door. Let's go. Get in that door. Do something, Jason. This qualifies as something. This quali- This is a huge something. This is a something to me. It's a big something. There it is. LeBron saying, I also think Buffalo's among the teams that have called the Pavelski camp, but the Sabres don't have a... Site visit scheduled yet with Pavelski. 
that counts as a something to me. That's a big mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. LeBron also mentions another team that would be a great fit for Joe Pavelski. The Stars and the Lightning. The Tampa Bay Lightning. Like they don't have enough. <laughs> Good Lord. So I'm a, I'm a little interested to see what the Sabres do here. As free agency is, guys, it's a week away. How many clubs have we started this offseason? Oh, yeah, that's right. I had to kind of retire the Phil Kessel one. Is that it? Phil Kessel, Joe Pavelski? Me personally, yes. I think yeah. that's it. We probably did something accidentally with let's get Cole Caulfield and draft that kid. Um, I also am fond of hamburgers. Can we do a hamburger club? Let's <clears throat> Andrew Hammond? No, like actual can hamburgers. Actual but can Andrew Hammond be the president of it? He is the hamburglar. He did eat a hamburger that was thrown on the ice. Yeah. I think that qualifies. <laughs> that does qualify. Commission. Yeah. President. King. Andrew Hammond, the unofficial commissioner of the Let's Go Eat Hamburgers Club. You won't fear, hear a peep from me. There we go. Yeah. Can we, we got any more clubs we're thinking about right now while we're on the topic? <laughs> but, yeah, I'm very interested to see what happens this week with uh, with the – what they call a quote-unquote legal tampering stuff and visits with agents and players and we're a week away from true madness. Hell itself. We're going to see some stupid contracts. But that's why we're here. Like, you know, possibly the Flyers paying Hayes all that money. They actually just re-signed Travis Sanheim to a two-year extension. There you go. But what do you what? Did we get your opinion on that with Hayes? No, we didn't because you were on Bison's duty on Thursday. <laughs> Ooh, Look. that reaction. We had a little bit of it. I, I I talked about it a little bit. I, I equated. I'm going to use that word again. I equated it to Buffalo situation. I feel like Kevin Hayes being around will be a sh- nice short-term fit. The contract is abysmal. It's a mess. You can't move him for the first three years, and then it's modified for the final two or something like that. It's weird. Seven years per for a guy that's never, I think, hit more than 25 goals in a season. Maybe never eclipsed 50 points. At least Skinner scored 30 a bunch of times. So that was interesting. The pick or The trade for the rights anyway threw me off. The that wasn't was even so a lot, low though. that it's like, all right, whatever. You have a couple extra weeks to see what's going to happen. And then you go long term. And Well, I guess they really liked him. They traded for his rights and then they signed him to that deal. Yeah. 25 goals is his He's career ha- high. He has previous experience playing under Elaine Vigneault, though, going yeah. back to the Ranger days. There's at least a saving grace there. But back to my Buffalo point, I feel like it's the same situation where I think a long term answer right now. For Buffalo, with a guy like Casey Middles out here trying to groom, and Philadelphia, who's going to be in year three of Nolan Patrick, who they expected to take the reins as second-line center. Kevin Hayes is going to slot into that role at least for a couple of years now, and it's only going to stunt the growth. And you're on the horn for that contract until 2026 now. I just 
which is why it's I backed hard off to of move. Mat. Which is why when Frank told me that stuff, like you know the Matt Duchesne thing, I'm like, oh, you know, maybe it's not a good idea to go Duchesne after all, because it could I think short term. Yeah, because yeah, you anything. think. Because you think if you have a guy, if you have a guy in your system, because then Casey Mills that's going to be a third line center at yeah, twenty five like years if old. Casey, you're what the hell like, that's the thing. You went like a little nuts thinking you needed to do something now. Like that's the thing. Like if Nolan Patrick wasn't there in Philly, down that road, wasn't in Philly. Just like if Casey Mills that wasn't in Buffalo, you would be all down for Kevin Hayes signing. Absolutely. Just like how we would be all down down for going after Matt Duchesne. because there would actually be another void at center. Yeah. Somehow. Bigger. But when you have a prospect who you're very high on, who was taken high in the draft, who you expect to be in that kind of role for after your after your number one center for the next five, ten years, why are you signing another guy to a long term contract? And especially making it so hard to jump through the hoops yeah. with the movement clauses. That just, that just, that just tells me that they don't think Pat Nolan Patrick's that guy. That may be the point they're reaching. I just think it's too early. They might only they might he's they might only think he's either a third line center or they might have they might try to put put him on the wing and see if he can make it as a winger. I've told and if not and, and then if not they're probably going to look to trade him. I've told people before that I think Nolan Patrick was a victim of a weak class. If you put him in any other year other than 2017, and the Flyers are gifted a second-round pick. They're not going with him. It was a weak draft class, and it just so happened that Philadelphia jumped like 10 spots in the draft order Yeah, and was picking behind New Jersey. So he's got that going against him. It was a weak, weak draft class. He hasn't performed as well, but I've sort of grown well, we're on seeing him a little the bit. Outside, we're seeing outside the top two of Heischer and Patrick that – the guys that taken there were it was the Heiskanen draft too, right? It was right? Heiskanen. It was Elias Pettersson. Right. It was Middlestat. So he's never going to be able to outlive that. Yeah. For as long as he's in Philadelphia, he's just a victim of victim of circumstance. But I've grown on him, and I think he shows flashes. But oh yeah, Kel McCarr too. Again, it's just. I guess wrong place at the wrong time. If it was a stronger class around him, you'd probably see him fall. So you could be right. Philadelphia could be much lower on him two years in, but I think even with those odds against him, I still believe it's a little too early to be shelling out $50 million to a soon-to-be 28-year-old and giving up on a guy who has, isn't even legally able to drink yet. Yeah, it just – it's hockey's weird sometimes with these things. But, hey – We'll see what other stupid contracts happen because you know that's not going to be alone. Nope, not at all. Now there's people no, thinking that the Skinner season. There's there's some people that think the Skinner contract is stupid, and that one to uh, to which I return with, at least he's done things in this league. Kevin Hayes, uh, yeah, no more than twenty five goals. That's his career high, that's and then this year he had fifty five points, which is a career high too. Good time for it. Yeah, could fool a lot of fellas with a little too much power. Yeah, into a little too much money. We'll see what happens there, but it's gonna be fun. God bless contract years. God bless contract years. God bless silly season. Yes, unless you're a team that signs a player to it, like you know, Kyle Poso or anyone else in that free agent class. Yeah. 
to think we were all thinking that we were going to have a shot at Steven Stamkos, and then uh, how quickly that went away. Yes, indeed. All right. I think, though, I think we could stick on some downs right now, though. Yeah? Yeah. You're not, feel- you're not feeling too great about about these Philly-based teams. No. <laughs> so I think there's no better time for the three up, three down. Sure. <laughs> sure. How long has it been? Three weeks? Has been. It has it's been, been a three bit. Three weeks. Well, it's good because I got some lengthy stuff. Oh, my God. You have papers. I have papers. Papers. One of them will refer to a tweet that I sent out before this podcast was recorded. All right. Well, let's start with the downs. You know what it is. It's the weekly down. It's the Mets. Do I, even need to say, do I even need to say it? <laughs> uh, weird situation yesterday. Mets manager Mickey Callaway and veteran starter Jason Vargas got into a heated confrontation with Tim Healy, a beat reporter. Uh, after the team's 5-3 loss, they blew the lead in Chicago. And there was questions about Mickey Callaway's bullpen decisions. He stuck with Seth Lugo too long, didn't go to his big guns out of the bullpen, Javier Baez clocked a three-run homer to the opposite field to give Chicago the lead late in the eighth. Mets collapse again. They're now 4-7 and seven in their last 11 games and four games under 500. That was their chance to at least split – oh, take three out of four in a road series in Chicago. That would have been their first road series win since the first week of, this, of April. And they split. They're still looking for a series win away from City Field. But the problem that you need to remember is they're the Mets. Exactly. So eventually I'll find a reason. I'll find another down. Can, can we to cite bump Howard? Out. Can we cite Howard for child abuse for making John a Mets fan? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna flip down number two and down number three, because down number two now is a little more to it. All right, down number two, Frank. What the heck? Kyle Freeland, what is going on? You got me. Complete 180. After a breakout campaign last year, the starting pitcher, left-hander for the Colorado Rockies, who's 17-7 with a 2.85 earned run average and 202 innings pitched for the Rockies in 2018. Not easy to do, given the reputation of Coors Field to have an ERA under three. He did it. And he helped Colorado beat Chicago, the Cubs, in the NL wildcard game with almost seven scoreless innings en route to an NLDS berth. But through 59-plus innings this season, Freeland sports an ugly 7.13 earned run average. He's 2-6, and six, 68 hits allowed. He's walked to 25 hitters and has already served up 16 home runs in 59 and a third innings. In 202 and a third innings last regular season, Frank, how many home runs did he allow, do you think? 16 right now in just under 60 innings. How many do you think he allowed in 202 last year? 18. Ooh! 17. Oh, that's close. One more home run, and he will already have served off as many gopher balls this season. Gopher balls? Did that yeah. shock you? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. In uh, probably before July... If he gets another chance to start, I know the Rockies have been pushing him back and pushing him back and moving him around in the rotation to get favorable matchups. If he starts again before the turn of the calendar, he may have already given up 17 homers before July. And I think Frank will agree with this too. If the Rockies want to remain relevant at all with the Dodgers suddenly on one of their 
touted summer yeah. runs that we see all the time. You know, uh, they need the, Freeland to prove that last year was not a fluke. Yeah. I mean, they have been better as of late, too. They're tied for the second wild card spot, but they're not. I mean, that's all they're going to get. And they're going to need a. They're going to need Freelands. Absolutely. If they want to make the playoffs. They had breakout campaigns all over the rotation last year. And Herman Marquez is still kind of holding his own this season. But he can't do it alone. Yeah. He needs his right-hand man. So, left-hand man. So, Freeland, figure it out. Down number three. Yep, the Phillies. That's just it. The Phillies. That's all of it. Managing. <laughs> rotation. Pitching staff as a whole. Lineup. Bryce Harper. Gabe Kapler, manager. He's they're all under fire for the recent performances. There's been questions about their hustle. A couple weeks ago it was Gabe Kapler and Gene Segura getting ripped upon by ninety four sports radio WIP out of Philly for a lack of hustle that inevitably led to or what people believe led to the tearing of Andrew McCutcheon's ACL. You lose McCutcheon for this season. Gene Segura's not being benched for a lack of hustle as people are seeing it. So he's been under fire for two weeks in Philly. The team was just swept at home by the NL's worst team, the Miami Marlins. They have now lost 10 games in the standings to Atlanta and Washington since May 29th. They are on a current seven-game losing streak, and they have lost 16 of their last 22 contests. They are now one game over 500 at 39 and 38 through 77 games, and they've also allowed the most home runs as a pitching staff in the National League. 129. The next closest, Colorado with 113. Damn. And I did some not research. It's really just looking up league leaders. Players with more home runs this season than Bryce Harper. Who got all of the money. All. All of the money. I'm I'm surprised Philadelphia had any money left. To give to Kevin Hayes. I thought it was all given to Bryce Harper. <laughs> so much money that it takes away the cap of other teams and other <laughs> leagues of other sports. All right, so right here, I've got 11 names for you that I thought were at least notable as we go into June 24th. Players with more than 13 home runs, which is Bryce Harper's current mark. Buffalo Bison's own Rowdy Telez. Good for Rowdy Telez. He's got 14. Braves shortstop, former number one pick, Dansby Swanson, 14 as well. Resurgence, the resurgent Hunter Pence, 15 for the Rangers. Tommy LaStella came into the season with 10 career homers. He now has 15 this season. There you go. Renato Nunez. That's a lot of output. Playing for a 22-win Baltimore Orioles squad, has 16. Cole Calhoun, another Angel, 16. Domingo Santana, Mariners platoon outfielder, 17. Eduardo Escobar, all-star candidate for the Diamondbacks, 17, but has always been a platoon player in his years with the Twins before moving to Arizona. Derek Dietrich, former Marlin, platoon player, finding a spot in Cincinnati, 18 homers, huge May for him. Cattell Marte, another breakout candidate for the Diamondbacks, 20. 20 home runs. Jay Bruce, 20 home runs. Bryce Harper, 13 home runs. I mean, there's a lot more players than that list, but you're mentioning more these well guys known. Is, and then yeah, there's obviously what's brewing in 
with the Mets to win Pete Alonso. Thank you. That's one of my ups. This guy. Look at the transition. This guy. Look read at the transition. This guy read the production notes this morning. He was the last one here. It's because he was too busy reading. <laughs> Those are in the production notes. Yeah, right. Took a little bit. You didn't get these this morning? Yeah. No. You didn't give <laughs> well, them to me. You need to check your email more. You didn't get these this morning? <laughs> yes, on the back of the piece of paper. Yeah, that email. I didn't get that email. Up number one. Yes. The Mets make two appearances. Pete Alonzo. Huge fun this year. He broke the Mets rookie home run record yesterday. Yeah, cough it up. It's crazy. It's not, it's not even July. It's not even July. We're not even halfway through the year. It took Pete Alonso 77 games to set the new rookie mark for Mets home runs. That's pretty good. His 27th homer of the year left Wrigley yesterday to right center field. It passed Daryl Strawberry's 1983 mark of 26. He did it in 122 games. We're not even into July. Pete Alonso is still flirting with – he's on pace for 50. Yeah, really? Oof. He's on pace for 30 before the All-Star break. The only other rookie, to my remembrance, I couldn't find it this morning, but I think watching MLB Network, the only other rookie to get to 30 home runs before an All-Star break was Aaron Judge two years ago. He reached exactly so. 30. Yeah. Pete Alonso has just about two weeks to four. Three, excuse me. Three to tie, four to set a new mark. Mm-hmm. And he's well on pace to shatter the Mets' single-season home run record, which is 41. It's shared by two players, Todd Hundley in 96 and Carlos Beltran, you might know him, 2006. And it's so fun. Fantasy baseball. Homers every day. Pete Alonzo. Let's go. Where even a Met could actually be viable. Yeah. Ready for up number two? Yes. Frank, the Rockies also made another appearance, Yay. but for uh, not the most exciting reason. They're on the opposite end of this up. It's actually the Dodgers rookies. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, rocked the Rockies this weekend. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I write my own jokes. I feel like you could have done better. Okay, let's three rewrite it now. Three out of ten. Smoke the Rockies. Stoned the Rockies. Yes. Yeah. There you, you go. Like, you used the same word within the team's name, and I think – the quality of said joke could have been better by using just a different word, like stoned. Mounted the Rockies? I wow. approve. Do not shake your head at that. No, I didn't. I said I no, approve. No, you approved of that. I All approve. Right. All right, yeah, the Dodgers rookies. Crazy stat. The L.A. youngsters, Matt Beatty on Friday, Alex Verdugo on Saturday, and just yesterday, Will Smith, straight out of Bel Air. <laughs> All popped walk-off homers versus Colorado. Setting the MLB record for consecutive walk-off wins from rookies. It just so happens they were all home runs. You know what that means? This might be a very difficult record to break. Because you know what you need? You need a lengthy homestand. You need close games in the ninth inning. And you need four straight rookies in four straight games to step up to the plate and hit four straight walk-off home runs. You talk about unbreakable records like two no-hitters in a row. you got to throw three. 56-game hitting streak. 5,714 strikeouts from Nolan Ryan. Four straight games getting walk-off homers from rookies? That's kind of hard. It is kind of hard. So we may have just seen history. Frank, how do you feel? I'm just going to take that. I'm shaking my head. Shaking his head. Up number three, Albert Pujols. Cool. Yes. Very cool moments yes. this weekend. 
He returned to St. Louis for the first time since joining the Angels after the 2011 World Series win over the Texas Rangers. There were ovations everywhere. You couldn't escape it. They had a bunch of games on ESPN. There was live look-ins all over the place on MLB Network, Twitter. Every time that, every time he came to the plate, St. Louis faithful were giving him their all. Good, good. And it just so happened that he got a curtain call because on Saturday he homered. Yes, he did. For the first time as a visitor in Bush Stadium. Very cool. It was home run number 646, lengthy ovation from his former crowd. Yadi Molina was great behind the plate, longtime friends. They've been to World Series left and right together. And, yeah, they were it – was, it was a love fest for Pujols and deservedly so. And, uh, yeah, 646 homer that he popped on Saturday. He's now suddenly 14 shy of fifth all-time. He could tie Willie Mays potentially this season at 660 for fifth all-time. Pujols has always been that sneaky good, like sneaky great kind of player. Mm-hmm. Like there was a time where he was one of those peak players mentioned, but he never got as much of the fervor as other top players in other times. He got his due, but you're absolutely right. Coming up in the time of Alex Rodriguez and Barry Bonds, and it was definitely a little bit of overshadowing, even playing in St. Louis. But mm-hmm. his career will go down as historic: three thousand hits, potentially a chance at seven hundred homers, barring some health at least a good chance of sitting fourth all-time in home runs once he inevitably eclipses Willie Mays. I don't know if I already said 3,000 hits, three yep, MVPs, World Series win. Yeah, there, there's not enough Two World you Series. can do to celebrate. Two World Series wins. Yes. 2006 right. and 2011. Yeah. He's he's that good, and he's, people, not he's always just, and one great, he's always just been great. One great. This is Sports Center commercial. Yes. <laughs> Why didn't you eliminate them, Albert? As he sh- talks to the copier. Shut up. <laughs> the machine. <laughs> I, can I put a bonus in here? I would love that. We got a bonus one up, one down. The one down. Umpires are still very annoying. Because in this one up, I now have a favorite baseball player in Justin Hunter. Justin Hunter? Oh, excuse no, me. No, he I meant Justin him. Turner. Justin Turner. I screwed up the name. Oh, Derek. Your moment screwed, in the sun. I screwed up the name. I was like, are you watching second. the College World Series? Who is uh, Justin Hunter? So I got it mixed up. minor league baseball? I, I got it mixed up. But Justin Turner became my new favorite baseball player for a reason. He, uh, he got ejected for waving and saying hi to an umpire after a wonky strike zone was kind of affecting the Dodgers <laughs> in that weekend series against Colorado. Beautiful. And that's exactly yeah, something that. I would do. That actually eluded me. I must not have seen that, so I'm glad you're mentioning this. I'm going to yeah. have to look that up. Yes, yeah. yeah. It was really funny. He started, like, there was a bad strike zone kind of thing, and Turner hits a play to second base out at first, kind of routine play, but before that it was, like, bad strike zone sort of thing. He turns around, and the ump's like, come on. And then from the dugout, he and Bellinger are now – yakking at the ump and the umpire ejects him manager comes storming out like you kicked him out for saying things and the replay shows that turner just waves at him yep that was me yeah he just well he's just like because the umpire turns back and says that's enough and then that's when turner throws the wave in he's like all right you're gone yeah and then yeah it was fantastic yeah 
I loved that. That I was think, fantastic. Uh, I think Dave Roberts is still their manager. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, he just came storming <laughs> he out. He's like, out. you kicked him out for that? <laughs> <laughs> and Turner is on his way out, seen saying the lines, like, are you that soft? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, there's, there's that one for me. Uh, Justin Turner being awesome and trolling umpires and me fumbling his name. You know, yeah. Thank like you, that. Justin Hunter, for the wonderful yeah. moment this weekend. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Turner provided the run- wonderful moment this weekend. Justin Hunter is a person I accidentally made up just now <laughs> for a moment for today. So there's that. It's all a part of the plan. It's all part of the plan. What plan? There's no plan. Well, we had a plan. The three up, three down was the plan, and it got done. But, yeah, no, umpires remain the most annoying officials in all sports. And that's saying something with how badly the NHL officials botched the playoffs. That's my thought, and I'm sticking to it. You know what else we need to stick to, though? Getting out of here. Should we dive in deep with NHL free agency before Monday's brouhaha? Which, sign me up. We got yeah. Thursday as well for it. And I'd imagine Monday might be a different time because, while well, things are going to be happening. And we're not a live show, so we might need to just recap things. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with the schedule here. But do know that we're back on Thursday. With July coming, though, we are fast approaching the 11-day power play. We still need your help. We still would like help with donations, everything of the sort. You can find the tweet on my pinned tweet at Derek Kramer 49 on Twitter. Mine is at Frank R. Curry, same thing, pinned tweet. So please help us out. Get us some donations for the 11-day power play. Also, check everyone out. They are going from the 5th to the 15th. And also, you can check us out. If you're an early bird that likes to be up and at hockey arenas at 6 in the morning, on July 11th, you could see us playing myself and frank not kyle though i would be very intrigued to see what kyle could do on a pair of ice skates one day one day frank one day we'll get him we'll get him so you can support us we're playing july 11th at 6 a.m i'm also playing for team wgr on july 10th from 3 to 6 p.m so the day before my morning shift i'm also playing again so Go support not just us, but everyone out there, out at Harbor Center. Thanks for listening. Derek Kramer. Frank Curry, And Kyle Powell. And we'll be back with you on Thursday. And as they say, Justin Hunter. Justin Hunter.